This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Expect is a production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Heidi Murkoff, and I'm a mom on a mission, a mission to help you know what to expect every step of the way. The car seats installed, the crib assembled, the changing table stocked, the dresser drawers filled with neatly folded onesies and sleepers. You've never been so ready to bring home the baby you've been waiting nine months to meet. And yet, if you're like most new parents, you're so not ready to. Babies don't come with instructions like cribs and car seats do, which leaves first-time parents with a whole lot of questions and just a tiny bit of trepidation to go along with all that excitement. Not to worry, we've got you. Today, we're doing a Bringing Home Baby Basics Boot Camp. Everything you're wondering about and maybe worrying about, so you'll be as ready to care for your newborn as you are to snuggle her, at least as ready as you can be. And to help me do that, I've invited Dr. Lauren Crosby, who has talked thousands of new moms and dads through those first weeks with their newborns. She's the spokesperson for the American Academy of Pediatrics and a pediatrician here in Los Angeles. Welcome, Dr. Crosby. Hi. Hey, Heidi. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for being on with us and answering all our questions that new parents have. 
And I would say, first of all, what are the most common questions you get from parents with a brand, brand, brand new baby? If you get calls on on day maybe one, two, three after discharge from the hospital, what are they worrying about? So there's actually a lot of things that they worry about, especially if it's the first baby, right? There's a big difference when it's your first baby. And as we always say, babies don't come with an instruction manual. It's like, here it is, figure it out. So (laughs) hopefully you've had some time to prepare ahead of time and read about things to prepare. And um, it does help to, to have a place where you can look things up and then someone you can talk to. So the questions we do get are the baby spit up. Is that normal or not? What is normal spit up? That's very common. Um, the other ones are my baby's looking yellow. What do I do? So we talk a lot about jaundice is what that is. We get the baby won't stop crying, right? Mm. Or the baby has diarrhea, which often is really the normal newborn breast milk poop coming. And they don't know that that's normal. So the, the poops, is the baby peeing enough? Are they getting enough is a huge concern, right? Especially if you're breastfeeding, you can't see what they're getting. So we get a lot of those questions. Cross-eyed, what's normal? The baby looks cross-eyed. The baby's sneezing a lot. Does my baby have a cold? So there's a few. There's a lot. (laughs) There's a lot. And I've heard them all too. (laughs) I imagine you get those every day. Mm -hmm. I've always found that, and I was among these, I I was afraid of breaking the baby, right? Yes. Isn't that one of the most common Mm -hmm. concerns? Yes, I know. So they're certainly not as fragile as you imagine and think. And think about all the pulling and tugging that went through the delivery process to get that baby out. Even whether it was a C-section or a vaginal delivery, they're pulling the head and the neck. And of course, they're well-trained, but still, they go through quite a bit getting smushed coming out. So they're not out of, made out of thin glass and they're not going to break by you moving their arm. I often show parents because even just to put a t-shirt on or take a t-shirt off is so stressful on the first, for the first time. Sometimes I do it when I'm changing the baby at the checkup and they're like, wait, can you show me how you did that? Because they're so afraid to just move the arm and pull it through a sleeve. So they're not as breakable as you think. That being said, I warn every parent Do not leave your baby on a changing table unattended. Always have at least one hand on your baby wherever your baby is, unless they're lying on the floor on a blanket, you know, because they do that one second that you turn away is when they do end up on the floor. So never on a changing table, never on a couch, never on a chair, never on a bed, even in the middle of the bed with pillows all around them. None of those things are okay. And if you're very tired, we have had mommies fall asleep holding the baby and the baby drops. So you always want to make sure that you are in a safe place when you are holding that baby, especially if you're very sleepy. Think about it. Put the baby safe. Make sure someone's with you. Yeah. Actually, Eric did let Emma roll off the changing table at 3 a.m. But otherwise, he was amazing. Right? Right? I mean, that's the thing. It does happen. It happens. And people will call us right away. And that's good. So at least if you have someone to call, so you can talk it through and decide how bad it is. But we try and avoid it. Always have your hand on that baby. <laughs> exactly. Let's go through some of the most commonly asked questions about new baby basics. First of all, logistics. And I, I'm going to have to do a public service announcement here, which is don't forget to cover your baby because um, insurance yes. will cover on your plan, will cover your newborn at delivery, but only up to like 30 or 60 30 days. days. And so it's super important. It doesn't have to be the first call that you make after birth. 
but you can't forget to make the call to make sure your baby is covered on your insurance plan. It doesn't happen automatically. I'm right. glad we got that out of the way. No, that's super important though. We do yeah. have a little banner sign going in our office that says, make sure to add your baby to your insurance. Oh, it's, it's, it is something that's so easy to forget. It doesn't seem as important at the time. Totally. So does your own pediatrician typically see your newborn in the hospital? And when would that happen? Typically within the first 24 hours, your baby should be seen by a physician. You know, more and more, there are more physicians that are hospital-based and office-based. Um, we still go to our, the hospital we, that I'm attending at, which is Cedar sinai in the morning. So we see our newborns in the morning before we go to the office, and they should be seen in the first 24 hours. What are some of the routine procedures that parents can expect in the hospital? Most of the time when the babies come out, you're going to get the initial like talk about feeding from the doctor and from the nurses to make sure that you know what to do. They're going to talk about bathing the baby, which is something that used to be done right away. And now it's actually recommended to delay the bath even 24 hours if you can, but at least six hours. And so a baby bath, they're going to get a hearing screen. They're going to get a newborn screening test, which is a state mandated test for all kinds of what are called inborn errors of metabolism or other diseases that you would want to know early enough that you could prevent a problem. And they're going to have tests for what they call congenital heart disease, which is a very simple test to check their oxygen levels with a little quick monitor, basically in the upper body and the lower body and blood pressures. So they get a whole bunch of little vital signs. They check blood sugar if the baby either it seems a little shaky or jittery, or if the mom had diabetes, or if the baby maybe went under stress. So there's a few things, but they should always inform the parent every time something's going to be done and why and ask questions. And there'll be a vitamin K shot. And vitamin K and hep hepatitis B. B vaccine. Vitamin K for sure. The hepatitis B is given at most hospitals. Some families still prefer to wait and have it done at their pediatrician's office. So that does happen sometimes. But as long as it gets done, we're good with that. Okay. Now you're going to the first pediatrician's appointment and it takes you like three hours to get out of the house, right? <laughs> it does. <laughs> you get there. What are pediatricians going to be looking for as they examine your newborn? The very important thing right away is the weight of the baby, because that's going to give us an indication of their general health and hydration status right away. Because whether they're on formula or are breastfeeding, there is normal weight loss and then there is abnormal weight loss. So there's a normal range and we like to calculate and make sure that the weight is okay for how old they are. And then are they peeing enough? So that'll tell you the hydration status. Are they pooping? Because that could tell you if they are getting enough or not. So, and what's their color? Are they jaundiced? Very, very common in that first few days for a baby to get a little yellow, but are they a lot yellow where you might need to intervene with some special light treatment? So there's those things are kind of the big things we look for. And then we also just do a general physical examination because sometimes baby get newborn rashes. And so you want to know, are these normal newborn rashes? And then tell the parents what to anticipate. And I also always turn to the mom and say, and how are you doing? And are you drinking your water and your fluids every time you nurse? And are you eating protein and oatmeal and, and you need to sleep when the baby sleeps? And I always want to make sure she's okay because it's a lot. They're still kind of on that adrenaline at that first visit or two, but then can crash. So, you know, people can wait. Instagram can wait and FaceTimes can wait. Get a nap. <laughs> Take a nap. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so important. What should parents be asking about at that first appointment? And, you know, I would say write all of your questions down mm -hmm. and you will have a lot of them and there's no limit. Like right. You can ask all the questions yeah. that you have, but make sure that you have them on your phone or easy to 
reach place because you're going to have a naked, squirmy baby who's possibly yes. crying. So yes. you don't want to forget those questions. Yeah. And I mean, when we discharge them from the hospital, I give them a lot of the things they should expect between that discharge day, their first night home, and when they're going to come in. So I always talk about like, it's normal to sneeze, to hiccup, to be a little snorty, to breathe a little fast and then slow. That's called periodic breathing. And we talk about the diaper care and changing and diaper rash and what the poops are going to do. So we kind of give them, but when you do it at the hospital, they're not going to remember everything all the time. And I say, don't worry if you don't remember this, but just keep a list. And then we go through it again. So a lot of them are going to really want to know if the feeding is going okay. That seems to be the biggest one. And also visitors, they do ask always, and when can I take the baby out? You know? Yeah. I was actually going to ask you about that because new parents are always worried about germs and they should be. But especially now, everybody wants to see the new baby. So what do you want parents to know about having visitors in the first weeks? Right. So, I mean, we're really, as we are, even for those who don't have a newborn, we're trying to not mingle with anyone who's not living in our house. And that's really your safest bet is just to FaceTime. And even if you have Zoom on all day while you're changing the baby and feeding and talking to your mom or your relative or whatever, unless it's someone who maybe did a strict quarantine for two weeks and they really didn't go to a market, which still can be risky and didn't eat at a restaurant, even if they ate outside and really were super, super, super strict. Still, if they come over, they need to mask and they need to stay six feet away. So we always are like, don't have a ton of visitors. Nobody's sick. Everyone has to wash their hands. Make sure they've had their flu shot, right? Make sure they've had their Tdap vaccine for whooping cough. So all of those things are important. And those shots take two weeks to work anyway. So get those and then quarantine for two weeks, technically, if you really want to be safe, especially right now because of COVID-19. And taking baby out, even for walks. I mean, you know what I always say, wear your baby because if yes. you're wearing your baby, less exposure to germs. Mm -hmm. And some parents even worry about taking their baby to the pediatrician. Mm -hmm. So usually the first visit is to our office. And then I say, you know, once they're about five days old, it's good for everybody to get fresh air right now for a lot of reasons. But it's good for mommy to start moving her muscles and getting the circulation going. And that can help get rid of that extra fluid that's on board and you'll feel better. So getting out is good. You can throw receiving blanket over the baby if they're in the little stroller because you know, you can wear them. But some of them are too young to be worn if it's that first few weeks because the carriers, they have, to, they have weight restrictions and things like that. So it is good to get out. To come to our office you know, check the office policies. Pediatricians are so careful always with newborns anyway. So we have extra things because of COVID. So we have nobody in our waiting room anymore. We literally schedule the appointments. So you come in, say your name, I'm here. We click you in. You're escorted immediately to a room after we check your temperature, make sure you have the right mask on and squirt your hands with some hand sanitizer. These are the important things to leave your house for is really keeping your baby's vaccines up to date, keeping your baby's well checkups up to date. So it, that's the one thing I would do is do that if you're going anywhere. Totally. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Okay, let's talk about babies, what they look like. And I know babies are always beautiful to their parents when we they're love born, babies. <laughs> but they don't look the way that they do in commercials or in movies. Like in the What to Expect When You're Expecting movie, they use, I'm not kidding, a three-month-old as the <laughs> newborn who's supposed to be coming out of Cameron Diaz, right? <laughs> and not only three months old and beautiful and rounded and, you know, super cute, but no fluids on this baby. Like not... <laughs> completely dry, freshly washed hair. Um, Not plausible. So let's go over some of the things that might surprise a new parent about their baby's appearance. The cone head. (laughs) Okay, tell us about cone head. (laughs) The cone head, especially vaginal birth. But sometimes you'll have a cone head from a C-section because they were in the canal a long time and didn't get to come out, couldn't make it out. So you can have a cone head either way. But the cone heads go down even in 24 hours. That goes down. The head gets smushed. It's meant to be smushed. That's why we have openings and joints in the skulls, as we call them. So it can look quite puffy and bloody and gooey, and it's normal. So And it gets better fast. All of that, that's one. So Totally. And the, the puffy eyes, the swollen eyes? Swollen eyes and puffy eyes. And I always say, you're puffy, too, to the delivering woman. You're puffy, baby's puffy. You both have extra fluid on board. That extra fluid on board also helps the baby stay hydrated until your milk comes in. So it's not a bad thing. You know, so and it will go down. 
as will yours. Um, (laughs) So sometimes babies have swollen genitals. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. One of my sons did. (laughs) We were like, whoa. Yeah. So it's also part of that extra fluid on board as well as hormones too that can do that, especially in the girls, like the labia, the clitoris, those areas can definitely be puffy. Also hormone effects, speaking of girls and the hormone effects in the vagina, besides normal vaginal mucus that can look kind of clear or snotty or milky, it can even look a little pink or blood tinge like a period in that first week or two. And that's normal. So when they have a girl, I always warn them about that and talk about how to how to change a diaper properly. You're like, I'm not ready for the period yet. Right. And even little boobs, right, can even show up in the first few days. Also from hormones, even in boys, they can have a little breasty, firm breast tissue. So you mentioned the soft spots that allow a baby's head to mold and fit through the birth canal. Mm-hmm. What can you reassure parents about that? Well, so there's there's two main ones. The one in the back, which people really don't notice because it's pretty small and it closes so fast. And then the anterior soft spot called fontanelle is much bigger. And some babies have one that is even bigger than other babies. So if you might see your friend's baby has a small one, yours is a bigger one. It's all good. Your doctor will tell you there's varying shapes and sizes. But the bottom line with that is it's very, very thick, thick, dense scalp, as well as very thick, thick, dense tissue that's still covering that brain and keeping the bones together. So it's not as fragile as you think. I have had people say the sibling hit the baby's head, you know, you know, and whack the soft spot or by accident, I bumped it. I have never, ever seen a trauma to the soft spot that has been any significance or caught of any, you know, cause the problem. Yeah, they're built to take it. They are built to take it. Thank goodness. Yes. But when it pulsates, that's something I warn people, you might see a little pulsation there and that's normal too. Now, what might not be normal, though, is if it's sunken. sunken. Yes, if it's very sunken, especially consistently, if you see it's down and you also have other signs of dehydration, because that's what that could mean. So if your baby is not urinating at least three times in 24 hours and the baby's lips are very dry and the skin looks extra dry and the fontanelle is really sunken in, that could be a problem. Definitely. Now, those little hands and feet, you've counted all the fingers and toes, um, but sometimes they look a little bluish or, or baby skin looks mottled. Do parents need to worry about that? No, but when they come out, as we know, they can be kind of red, 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 ruddy, or they can be reddish purpley on the hands and feet, definitely because the circulation is still immature. Often in that first week, you can definitely see that the body may even be more pink, but the hands and feet may on and off be a little bit blue. And that is normal. There are other things on the body that I always show parents during the exam. Now they have sort of a new name, congenital dermal melanocytosis. Especially in certain ethnicities, you really will see these sort of, they look like bruises, especially on the butt or the lower back, but you can sometimes have them on an arm or a leg. And so I always point them out and go, this isn't a bruise. This is a type of temporary birthmark seen in, in certainly people who have darker pigmented skin more, but not only. And it goes away over time and usually totally gone by age four, but sometimes four years, but sometimes you can see it even a little longer. Lennox had those mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. over. So those um, and they have faded. Yes. Yay. So <laughs> and those little white heads, you expect baby skin perfection, but not so much, they're right? They're so cute though. Those little milia, we call them. They're so, so cute though. And they're also very, very temporary and they go away in the first few weeks usually. Um, so those are also normal and we tell people there's nothing to put on them or nothing to do. Exactly. One thing you're going to notice about your newborn is that the head is so big. The body is so tiny and the head is so disproportionately large. 
How can parents make sure that they're supporting that head well? Yeah. And, and I always, I try and show them, like, even when I pick the baby up at the hospital, I always say, I grab the head and the butt. Cause those are like, then you've got that baby and, and scoop it up that way, but also scooping it up with like a receiving blanket over them too, which kind of helps. So the arms and legs aren't flailing around, just hold that head, support that head. And you should be fine once in a while. It will get away from it's you when fall. you're not used to it, but I've also not seen any problem from once in a while, a little extra wiggle of that neck or head. So. Exactly. And so it does make it easier if you swaddle. Because when they're in the hospital, they're in this neat little package. Mm-hmm. You can scoop right up and then you get home and you forget how to swaddle. But there's lots of ways to cheat it. So right. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. And it keeps them secure. It does. And you'll just feel better picking them up if they're a little wrapped. So we talked a little bit about poop, but mm. never enough, right? Never so enough. Um, can you walk us through the first few days and weeks of poop, like a blow by blowout? Literally, I was going to say blowout for <laughs> sure. I remember that with my first son too. Like oh, when yeah. the milk came in and I took the diaper off and it went <laughs> and it hit the wall. Yep. Right? This is why we need to have a sense of humor, even though we're a little bit tired and stressed out with our new babies. It's all, you've got to have a sense of humor. So the first poops are called meconium. You'll hear that word a lot. And meconium is black, icky, sticky tar. That starts forming in utero, even at about five months gestation. It's it's desquamated dead skins and oils and things that baby has swallowed from the amniotic fluid. And so it builds up in there and has to make its way out eventually. And it does after the baby's born. Sometimes a little bit before, but that's something else. So after that poop starts to come out, comes what's called a transition poop, which is when you've been feeding breast milk or formula, depending what the baby's getting, the poops are going to change to a little lighter brown and then green and then seedy. And then the breast milk poops are, I tell people it's like water, yellow, mustardy, diarrhea, and that's normal. And you might have 10 a day, eight a day, some big, some small. So, and they can shoot out and you can hear quite the explosion, even while feeding, you'll hear (laughs) and you'll laugh because it's fun and funny. And then you'll change and it'll happen again after you've just spent all that time changing your baby and getting the diaper rash cream on and getting them nice and dry and you put them on the other breast and they do another load. So (laughs) it's all normal. (laughs) What's the minimum poop number for a breastfed baby in the first few weeks? You know, and it it goes up because in the first day, we just want one poop in the first 24 hours. And then even if one to two, but once the milk's in, if they're breastfed, you know, we always want at least one a day because sometimes it might be a massive big explosion and that's fine. It's pretty rare that they skip a day in those first couple weeks. A formula fed baby will poop usually at least once a day as well. If they do skip one day and they're eating fine and feeding fine, I'll usually say give it one more day. And usually the next day they make up for it and then tons come out. And as long as they're gaining weight. Gaining weight, peeing well, yes. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like... 
meh. Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. What about keeping your baby clean? Like, it's not like they're getting into a lot of dirt at, at birth, but the umbilical site, how do you clean it? Do you need to clean it? How do you keep it dry? Usually it comes off by the two-week checkup or is pretty loose at the two-week checkup. It can come off even some babies. It dries up very quickly, four or five days it falls off. Um, and I usually tell parents once that's dry and it's not oozy gooey and has come off, you can start getting that area wet. But until then, we keep it dry. We found it actually falls off faster if you leave it alone. So we fold the diaper down so that it isn't rubbing against it or causing friction, but accidentally, sometimes it does, and it'll jiggle it a little bit. Um, and you might see a little bit of dry blood on the baby's clothes, especially as it's starting to loosen, but it typically isn't going to be dripping red blood. That would be abnormal. So if you see a tiny bit and it stops, that's okay as it's loosening. It might even be a little stinky when it's coming off. So mm -hmm. I tell people also you can have a little bit of a smell, but to keep it dry and sponge bathe the baby until that cord is off and it's looking all dried up. What about the circumcised penis and the uncircumcised penis? So the care for the uncircumcised is super easy. Because you just clean it like gently with your little baby fragrance-free sensitive baby wipes. Get the skin really dry and you're done. The circumcision can take a week to fully heal. So I usually tell parents, you know, there's different people who care for them different ways. I usually wait for that to be submerged. I usually say once that's all healed and the cord's off, that's a kind of a good time to then start the bath. Because I have found that 
they worry about getting the circumcision wet and then, oops, by accident, I got it too wet or it's starting to look weird. Or I like them to be nice and healed and lots of gauze and Vaseline until it's healed. And then you can submerge. Until then, we like to kind of just sponge bathe. And then the parents are like, oh my God, I really have to give them an actual bath. Right? Yes, I know. It's a two-person job. <laughs> wet babies are slippery. They're slippery. Right? They're slippery. So it is good to just... Put just a very little amount of warm water in at first. So as you get comfortable, you'll feel comfortable putting more water in, but you might be worried about the baby being so slippery. So yes, it's good to have, of course, a, a, a tub that is already recommended for safety, consumer product safety division, little bathtubs. Baby can lay back a little bit and just always have the hand on the baby, right? Touch supervision, we call it, whether they're swimming or in any water. One hand is always holding that baby. So what's a quick overview of how many times a day a newborn will eat or how often, how much time between feedings yeah. should I mean, there be? Typically, it's eight to 10 feeds per 24-hour period. So it's about every two to three hours. And depending how the baby's doing, sometimes I will let the parent after a few days say, okay, you can have one four-hour stretch at night, <laughs> especially after they've come in and I see where they are. But if the baby is very jaundice or the weight isn't where we want it yet. We even tell people, please wake up that baby and make sure you get in that feed. And now something else that babies are known for um, is crying. How much crying can you expect and how much is too much? And just as importantly, if a baby doesn't cry, isn't that something to be concerned about? Yeah. I mean, most babies do cry, but they tend to cry for a reason, at least in the first two weeks. The calls I get is like, it's my first night at home with the baby and the baby won't stop crying. So that is 90 plus percent of the time they're hungry at the beginning. So the milk's not in yet. The baby's super, super hungry. And then we talk about what they can do. Try everything, right? You always change them and rock them, bounce them, wash your hands, let them suck on your finger and, and try burping again because... It's hard to burp a baby if you're not used to burping a baby and you don't know how. And some babies like different positions. So we try everything. And if you've tried everything and they're still fussy and you just have a newborn, they're probably hungry. So then we make a plan for what we should feed, when and how and how much to just calm them down. And, and that usually works at the beginning. <laughs> but we also do say just to make sure the baby isn't crying because maybe they're coming down with something and getting sick. I do also tell them, take the baby's temperature. Because if it is 100.4 or more in a newborn, I'm sending them to the hospital. And parents, no matter how many times they're calling, they panic a lot, right? And because I know I've been there mm -hmm. twice. For sure. They're going to call the pediatrician a lot. And I always encourage them to do that, as I'm sure, and I know you do, mm -hmm. when they're worried about something they should call. Because there's no such thing, wouldn't you say, as a silly question Correct. or concern? And and you want parents to call when they're worried. Yes. Right? No, we definitely do. We, often it's something that to them is super scary. And then we can go through and answer questions and go, you know what? This is actually totally fine. And you don't need to go to the ER or stay up all night watching your baby. So it's much better to just call and just take that off of your chest and make a plan and figure it out. We always, right, when we know what to expect, we feel better. Exactly. Finally, what would your message be to soon-to-be or new parents who are heads over heels in love with their babies, but also feel in over their heads, right? yes. <laughs> which is common? Yes. How long does it typically take for parents to feel 
some semblance of confidence? You know, I'd say the first two weeks are really the hardest because you're just trying to get the feeding down and getting to know your baby. And then I usually find then because crying often does peak at about six to eight weeks old, by the time they come for the two month and they're getting nice positive feedback from the baby and the baby's smiling and cooing and you have some really good, then you kind of feel like, ah, you know, it's worth it and I'm getting a reward for it and my baby likes me and, you know, it just feels good. And then I found it's even for for me because I had my first one when I was a a pediatric resident in training. By four months, I definitely felt, uh, you know, so it gets better every couple weeks in chunks, I feel like. And if it doesn't get better, you definitely need to check in. Mm-hmm. We do at the two-week checkup, we do a postpartum depression screening questionnaire and we have them fill it out. And I always review it with them and kind of go, okay, how's this? And what, what do you think about this? Or compared to your last pregnancy, does this feel worse, better, same? Do, you know, So we can kind of screen them and make sure that they're okay. But a lot of the times it's they're sleep deprived and that's a t- good time to just go, okay, here, I am now at two weeks old, allowed to do uh, one bottle a day of pumped milk. So my baby learn how to take a bottle. So I will have my partner maybe do one night feed and I can get one four hour stretch of sleep and you feel like a new person. It really makes a big difference. It does make a huge difference. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming on and walking our soon-to-be a new parents through these first weeks with a new baby. Oh, my pleasure. for listening. Remember, I'm always here for you. What to expect is always here for you. We're all in this together. For more on what you heard on today's episode, visit whattoexpect.com slash podcast. You can also check out what to expect when you're expecting, what to expect the first year and the what to expect app. And we want to hear from you. Connect with us on our community message board or on our social media. You can find me at Heidi Murkoff and Emma at Emma Bing WTE. And of course, at What to Expect. Baby Love is performed by Riley Beaterer. What to Expect is a production of iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. In my arms, why don't you stay? Need ya, need ya, baby love, ooh, ooh, baby love. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.